Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Slotkin and Fisher at the Theater. I'm your host, Tom McGee, and on this week's episode, we will be covering After Wrestling, Bunny, and Drawer Boy. Okay, so first up, we're going to be talking about After Wrestling, uh, which is a blood-packed production in association with the Storefront Theater and the Factory Theater. Uh, so, Steve, can you just give us a brief summary of what After Wrestling is, and then we'll get into uh, what you thought. Yes, so blood-packed, uh, Vancouver-based theater company, they're... Back in Toronto again after having debuted uh, Kill Your Parents in Viking, Alberta at the Storefront Theatre a couple of years back. So this is the company's second show here. Uh, it's a, a tale of two very, uh, very damaged brother and sister who have experienced uh, a recent trauma. I don't want to give that away. Um, and uh, how they are coping with that trauma and how are they starting to reach out to other people again in the wake of it. I don't know. I'm really avoiding spoilers here. <laughs> cool. All right. So um, what did you think about the production? What did I think about the show? Okay. Let's talk about what I did like. I liked the scene work between the actors. A number of these actors are from Vancouver. We haven't seen them on Toronto stages. They're making the Toronto stage debuts. And there were some really nice moments, in particular uh, a date scene um, and between um, Gabe Gray and... Uh, Libby Osler, playing Jaggy and Leah, respectively. And uh, I, I really enjoyed their scenes together. In fact, I wanted to see more of that relationship as it developed. Um, I did have some issues with the pacing of the show. Um, there were specific duo scenes, but there were not. And part of this is because of the story and the narrative. But there weren't a lot of scenes where there were multiple characters together. And the show did lag at time for, times for me. Uh, cool. All right. And uh, Lynn, what were your thoughts? Cool. I love that. Um, I found this show mind-numbing. Mm. Um, I, I love their previous show, which was Kill Your Parents in uh, Viking Amber, uh, uh, Alberta. Uh, it, this is written by Bryce Hodgson and Charlie Kerr. And it's directed by Bryce Hodgson, and it seemed as if the two writers were just trying to one-up each other for witlessness. I didn't believe <laughs> any of the characters. I didn't believe the the relationships. Uh, I, I can appreciate you you like the date scene. I thought that was on the moon of 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 ridiculous because I don't believe the characters come from anywhere in a real sense. Even if it's kind of off the wall or uh, slapsticky, etc., at least tell me where I am so that I can believe the situation. It's a serious story in a comedy. I can appreciate that. But I found this self-indulgent. I didn't think the direction was, was very good. The set was odd because we're looking at it lengthwise and not widthwise and so you're looking at a living room behind which is a kitchen behind which is something else with some and I thought this is so strange there was great detail in the set mm. that that's that's wonderful and I shouldn't be looking at um Charlie Kerr's hair thinking that's great hair I shouldn't be doing that I should be <laughs> I should be paying attention to the acting etc and I just didn't care about any of these characters and that killed me because I love their previous show which was serious mm. and funny and really funny but about something right okay so finding the middle ground between the two of us here mm -hmm. uh, yeah I think you, the 
you described it as mind numbing. Mm-hmm. I found that the the pacing of the show mm-hmm. ebbed, mm-hmm. and uh, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where am I going with this? You nowhere, which is where <laughs> that show went. Yeah, it, it was kind of it was. I enjoyed it in starts and stops. Okay. And uh, it was tackling a lot, like it's tackling depression, it's tackling mm-hmm. anxiety, there's uh, there's suicide uh, tackled between these characters. Tackled and, badly. Okay. <laughs> tackled badly. You know, <laughs> I, I, fine, you want to talk about suicide, want to talk about this, but it's got to come from a character that I can actually believe exists in the world, right. not on Pluto somewhere. So, Steve, did you find that the uh, did you have the same problem that Lynn did, where you found the characters weren't um, grounded enough, or were you okay with the characters as presented? I was okay with the characters as presented. One of the characters, and again, we got to avoid spoiler territory here, but uh, you can describe one of the characters as existing in the thoughts, perhaps, of some of the other characters in certain scenes. Um, and so there is definitely some. It's, it's not especially realistic show in mm-hmm. that regard mm-hmm. um, and there's some over the top stuff where you know they're describing wrestling and there's scenes set in a karaoke bar and as Tom often points out in this podcast I do enjoy spending time in karaoke bars so, <laughs> so yeah I, I, I enjoyed this show but it's certainly of the shows we're reviewing this week uh, I would say it would be my least recommended although it would get just a, a passable recommendation I didn't think it was terrible. Okay. Or mind numbing. Okay. Great. So that is After Wrestling from Blood Pack, the storefront theater, and Factory. Okay, so next up we have Bunny, which is at the Tarragon Theater and originated at the Stratford Festival. Uh, so, Lynn, can you give us a little bit of background on uh, the story of Bunny? Bunny, written by Hannah Moskovich, the great Hannah Moskovich. And this is about a woman named Sorrel, who has been nicknamed Bunny by a friend of hers, because Sorrel looked as scared as a bunny rabbit, and so she's called Bunny. Anyway, I'm going to call her Sorrel because I like, you know, uh, various uh, spices and uh, <laughs> condiments and things. So, at the Tarragon. At the Tarragon. At the Tarragon Theater. Oh, you are. going to have to find a rim shot sound effect <laughs> for us so, now. Right? We're switching to a pun episode. Exactly. Yeah, so you're good. So um, when Sorrel was uh, growing up, she was nerdy. She was plain. She came from an intellectual family where a normal dinner would be talking about uh, esoteric subjects etc and then when she was 17 something astonishing happened she blossomed into a pretty young woman and attracted men and that proved to be intoxicating for her she discovered sex she was besotted with it. She could didn't she couldn't help herself and tried a lot of the time. And so she would attract maybe all the wrong men. Who knows what that means? Are there right men? I'm sure there are right men. Anyway, so she would be she was sleeping with a professor of hers, etc. And along the way she does meet somebody, she does get married, she does have a friend in a woman, uh, a, a friend, a friend, uh, not sexual, and Bunny is about this woman who is 
traveling, making a voyage, a journey through adulthood, trying to find her way in the world sexually, intellectually, etc. All right. And um, how did you find the show? I liked it a lot. I liked it when it was at Stratford. I liked it uh, when they went to Tarragon. Uh, different, uh, some of the actors are different. Mm-hmm. Same director, Sarah Garten Stanley, who does a lovely job. She's got a wonderful sense of detail, smart. There's a lot of sexual activity. And, I, you know, at times I'm thinking... Is it getting hot in here? <laughs> I, you know, I, should I be taking a pill? I'm way too old for that. So, so you're, you know, the sex was 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 um, a vibrant, not off-putting. I mean, you know, Bunny seemed to be getting into it, and so it was rousing and sensual and sexual, and the performance, of course. Uh, of Bunny is by Mev Beatty, who is astonishing. This woman has has subtlety. She has elegance. She play, can play, play awkward. Her hands were always fidgeting, and she knew that she was fidgeting. I thought it was a terrific production. I think Mev Beatty is our rock star. Oh, yes. And I really, I really enjoyed it. I love Hannah Moscovich's writing. Yeah. It's thoughtful. It's deeply felt. She can... She, she used a frame of reference of the Victorian novel. I don't have a clue about the Victorian novel, but she makes you want to find out. Hmm. And uh, Steve, what were your thoughts? Oh, yeah. We, we're going to have to watch the clock on this one because we could just go on about how wonderful uh, this writer is and this lead actor is. Um, yeah, why not? Why not reveal it here on the podcast? Matt Beatty is the only actor I've ever written a fan letter to. Back when, before Facebook. Wow. Did you <laughs> yeah, did yeah. You after Palace at the End. Did you Well, we eventually, you know, got to know each other. I but, don't want to hear about yeah. this. Okay, good. Well, no, no. That's no. fine. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, no, I wrote, after seeing that show, I wrote a note that, you know, saying how much I loved her performance in, in the show, and I've mm-hmm. never done that for another actor. Hmm. Um, so, um, and in this so this show, work harder, other actors. <laughs> yeah, work harder. Steve Fisher family. Well, yeah. you know, we're all on the internet now, so you know, I might send a brief Facebook note, but but actually sitting down and writing something by hand, mm-hmm. anyway. Um, and she's so great in this role, um, suggesting. Sorrell's insecurity and, uh, and her difficulty in um, establishing intimacy with people, and and particularly with her um, her female friend, and I think that's one of the most important relationships in the show, and it's both heartbreaking and, and touching at how much they want to reach out to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rachel Karen says Maggie, she's, she's wonderful lovely. too. She's it's, lovely. It's a great supporting cast all around. Mm-hmm. The design of that stage, that so I'm really glad you saw it at Stratford because I didn't, Lynn, mm-hmm. and that that circle mm-hmm. on the stage it's illuminated. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone explained it to me afterwards, and it's I don't want to ruin anything here, but it's pretty phenomenal, and that mm-hmm. and that was transported here mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Right. Okay. So. I don't know. If you've already seen it at Stratford, see it again. See it again. I would love to see the show again if I had the time. You see it again because it's got different actors in it. Mev is the same person. Uh, But, but, oh, I've already seen it. You don't want to know people like that. That means we only go to the theater once. 
Come on, this is a different well, production. There's also a certain joy to getting to see um, a director, and particularly a lead, and particularly a lead of May Beatty's level. Yeah. Um, take a second crack at it after having an audience experience True. it and having heard and felt what that first performance feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's that's rare, and you know, it's, it's a nice uh, sort of groove we found with both Stratford and Sean and some of the other festivals where a show doesn't just end at the end of the season; mm. it's often given second life somewhere nearby to kind of continue to grow, uh, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm really glad that's happening more and more, it seems, that, you know, producing or co-producing with the festivals and bringing the shows mm-hmm. that, you know, people yeah. really want to see mm-hmm. into the downtown core, like yeah. what Obsidian did with, uh, oh, with Audrey Master, Sills. And, Ma- Master yes. Harold and the yes. Boys, yes. yes. One of the most devastating Shaw. plays. Yes, yeah. Master <laughs> Harold and the Boys. Yeah. Um, uh, Top Dog Underdog, right. you yes. know, they did that as well. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm so glad that Bunny came here because I missed it the first time mm-hmm. around. And, yeah. Excellent. And the writing, too. I mean, can we can we talk just for a moment about how great Hannah's dialogue is? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so glad that we're getting another Hannah Moskovich play just next month. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be... If not on the next episode, the episode after that. Sure. What a young wife ought to know. Yeah, Yeah, very excited for that one. Excellent. All right. So uh, that was Bunny at the Tarragon Theater, uh, originating from Stratford. And uh, Christopher Plummer, if you're listening, uh, you know, get to work if you want one of those Steve Fisher letters, because they are (laughs) a rare commodity. Okay, and uh, to close out the episode today, uh, we have um, Theater Passmerized production of The Drawer Boy. So, um, Steve, can you tell us a little bit about The Drawer Boy, please? Yes. So, The Drawer Boy is arguably one of Theater Passmerized's biggest hits of its, you know, almost 50 years in existence. Oh, it is 50 years. Mm-hmm. It's yep. 50 years this year. And this is a, uh, a remount and revival of that show. Uh, with all new talent on stage and off stage uh, involved in this production. So, if you've never seen The Drawer Boy before, it is a deceptively simple story about uh, a young actor who shows up on a farmstead's doorstep asking to live with uh, those farmers for a few weeks because he's researching a show. And as Miles, this young uh, actor from Toronto, uh, gets to know the two farmers living there, uh, Morgan and Angus. He discovers that uh, there is some backstory to the relationship between these two men um, and that Angus, who has suffered a traumatic injury in the past, a brain injury in particular, um, has a fascinating story to tell or is being told by Morgan. Um it's this production is it's it's I really enjoyed it. It's really great. Um, it's how do, how do I want to say this? There there is there is a lot of in the this particular production. There is a lot coming in from outside of the production. Um, and I know Lynn took issue with this. I did not have an issue with uh, the uh, appropriation or the the, the introduction of. Uh, indigenous and uh, a black actor and a queer actor in the show, and but I think Lynn's going to argue with me about no, this. I'm not going to argue. I'm, no? I just um, I, I liked the production a lot. Yeah, uh, I thought that the 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 standout performance was Craig Lausanne. I absolutely have to agree as, with you there. As Angus, Angus 
has, as you say, he's he is brain damaged by an accident that happened during the war, and he has no memory of what happened. He has no short-term memory. Uh, even the long-term memory is a little hazy, and um, there is something in his life that he has been... There is a story that Morgan tells him whenever he gets upset, and we find out the truth about that. And um, the the program notes, I'm finding, as we were saying, I'm finding I'm reviewing program notes as much as I'm reviewing a play. Right. Because... The in this case, the assistant director, which who is uh, Cole Alvis, is trying to suggest that this is a play about appropriation. Somebody has taken somebody's story as their own. Uh, so Miles is overhears uh, Morgan telling Angus this story that happened to him, and he's going to take that story and he's going to put it in this play. And Cole Alvis has then expanded this whole business by say, by by talking about indigenous stories that have been appropriated by by other people i am concerned um upset uh object to the fact that the casting was deliberate they the casting they have deliberately cast a black actor in Andrew Moody as Morgan they've deliberately uh, cast an Ojibwe actor of um, uh, Craig Lausanne as Angus and they've deliberately cast uh, what's Graham um, Graham Conway sorry as a, a gay actor as Miles and I think they are imposing their agenda on this on this production i don't think that miles taking this story that morgan is saying it can be taken in the same in the same way as an appropriation of an indigenous story by somebody who's not indigenous or a story of of black history by somebody who's not black i i'm a i've got a problem there okay um i had a problem with andrew moody because he mumbles everything uh or didn't enunciate everything i don't get the sense that he understood the humor uh, morgan is very very funny mm. it would be good if Andrew Moody actually looked at Miles when he's talking to him so that he can sell the joke and the humor. It's to Michael Healy's credit, who wrote this wonderful play, that he can transcend a not a very good actor in this case, and the, the humor the humor still flies. A really good actor knows how to sell these these jokes, this humor etc. Yeah. I I I think I understand where you're coming from. I don't have any issues with it because ultimately uh people want to be able to see themselves in this story and this purposeful uh casting of these people from different backgrounds than what we might normally have thought of when we're thinking of, you know, 70s Ontario rural mm-hmm. farm. Um I think I think it's great. I think it's mm-hmm. great that people can go to see the theater and see themselves represented on stage. So we're going. And to I don't get... think it changes the play, especially. Okay, it certainly doesn't for me that you'd have a veteran who's indigenous and a veteran who's black who served in World War II because mm-hmm. that's historically accurate. I have a, I have problems here that that these stories seem universal to me, unless of course it's just me and I'm not. I'm I'm not paying attention, but I I look at that opening night audience 
I don't see people of color really, or if they are, they're related to people in the show. And having them, I, I, I'm not, I don't know that Craig Lausanne is indigenous unless they told me. I don't know that, that the, char- the actor playing Miles is gay unless they told me. What difference does that make? I've got to ask the question. Well, so for me, I, what I found, uh, the reason Craig was so good in this role is and not necessarily because of his indigenous roots. It's his roots in comedy. And that's why he was such a, yeah, and he was great. He I was really great in exactly. this role. He and should have been he, hired anyway. He, it's been older white men in these roles. Mm-hmm. And so you have this actor who has also got this great comedy background who made Angus was very funny in this show and also sweet and childlike and and using his charm. Mm-hmm. And that's not something I've necessarily seen in previous productions that I've seen in this ah, show. Okay, okay. And I loved that aspect okay. of the show. And Fair I, enough. I, I, and I think it's great uh, so long as the, the actors are turning in really good performances. Mm-hmm. And I do have to agree with you a little bit on some of the criticism of Andrew Moody's performance because his... Although... Um, Morgan's humor is supposed to be understated mm-hmm. and uh, dry. Uh, it was just a little too dry here, and it wasn't popping for the audience that I saw. The mm-hmm. comedy mm-hmm. of Morgan's fibs and the stories that he puts Miles over on, getting him to hand wash gravel and mm-hmm. you know speak to the cows and reassure them that they're not going to get mm-hmm. that sort of thing. In a, in a bizarre way, I found that... This was maybe one of the few, really few times of all the times I've seen this play that you realize that Morgan is not a nice man. Nor- Morgan sends Angus out during that air raid in London when they were both fighting in the war and they had leave. He sends him out to get something while he... Well, while more while Morgan stays with the two ladies that they are entertaining, the two friends of theirs, and it's because of that 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 innocent Angus went out and then came back, and a door blew off in a house and hit him in the head, and that was the cause of this terrible uh, accident, terrible injury that he got that lost his his memory, and then this whole thing with these women. Moving back with them to Canada, making right, up. We got to be careful. We're giving a yeah, lot I away. Know. Here's the thing. Here's I've offered uh, you know for 20 years I've seen this show, almost yeah. 20 years, and he makes up this story, and Angus can't remember anything, and he makes it up. He can't remember, and so I have to say, so why would you keep on telling the story? Well, okay, so <laughs> so I'm just being silly. I'm being, you know, too picky here about that that business. It's but, a it's a but, thoughtless act, and he's spent decades trying making up for that. Making up act. for that thing, so, yeah. But he's trying to make so up for there. that. Um, he makes up he he makes up the story because his friend was upset, and he didn't know how to stop him, mm-hmm. and he wanted to he he wanted to stop him from being upset. Also, because Morgan didn't know how to cope with him, so it's this constant selfishness in a way, of this guy. And then when, you, you know, you're talking about an appropriation of a story, the reason Morgan was furious about Miles taking the story... And again, story spoilers coming. <laughs> ...is because it's not exactly as it was presented. So he wanted to hide something. Right, okay. I'm not going to we'll, say any more. Anyway, there you yeah. go, folks. 
I know this is the first time anyone's had to see the Drawer Boy, um, this, this brand new Canadian play. So yes, avoiding spoilers. <laughs> is yes, a, exactly. A key well, fact. Um, but to your, but no, but but to your point, Lynn. I mean, it, it is rare, at least in my experience, that um, a Canadian play has been produced enough that we can actually be having this conversation about oh, in the, the twenty years of seeing this play, mm-hmm. because there are very few Canadian plays I can think of that you can legitimately say I've seen because I like I've seen this play a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a film that's just been done. It, it's and is, the it's film is amazing. Canadian it's a piece. fabulous. Film. I, I feel it's almost sacrilegious for for us to say this, but I I think I preferred. The film well, in this yeah. particular case. We'll save that but for we'll save that for, uh, we'll save that for Linden our special the film movies. edition. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> we'll do that. We'll do Scorch. It'll be great. Um, yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, all yeah. I'm going to say that um, I guess my my one sort of wrap up question for both of you then is casting aside, notes aside, just taking this production as this production. Mm-hmm. If we drop everything else away, mm-hmm. um, just quick summation um, for because what's interesting is what I'm hearing from both of you is a lot of, there's a lot of stuff you liked, a lot of stuff you didn't like, mm-hmm. and again, it's a production that we've all seen a number of times. So, mm-hmm. just as a quick summation, uh, Lynn, your thoughts on this version, notes aside. Um, it, w- it was, it was, it was fine. It was fine, it was, oh, it was fine. It, it was. Um, I have to consider Mr. Moody, mm-hmm. um, who was the weakest link of it, and I'm so glad about Craig Lauzon. I hope that's how you pronounce his name. Yep. And um, uh, 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 I thought that that I thought it was uh, I was I thought it was a good production. Nina Lee Aquino has directed it. A lot of detail there. Smart. I'm glad I saw it. It's not the best production of it I've seen. It doesn't matter. It's a it's a, a very good production. It's well worth seeing. Uh, and I hope. Everybody goes. I hope people go and see it because it is one of our classics by um, by a very fine writer. And Steve, yeah, I, Lynn says it's a good production. I would say it's a very good production, uh, particularly Craig, who is wonderful in the role of Angus. And uh, yeah, I also very much encourage people to go see it. I like the set design too. Mm-hmm. There, I know there were some other reviewers who had issues with it, but I, I liked it quite a we bit. We don't care about other <laughs> other scribblers. Well, of course we do because no, we're we arguing. Don't. We're arguing about each other's uh, yeah, about opinions. I, I and, care about you. Yeah. I care about you know talking well, here. Oh, you know, get it. And oh, you too. And I Tom. care about both of you. <laughs> uh, so uh, once again, that has been uh, Jar Boy, which is playing right now at Theater Passmarai. All right, so that brings us to the end of today's episode. So as always, you can find uh, information for where to get tickets to all of these shows either at the theater's websites uh, or um, in the uh, notes for the show on our site. Uh, so if you want to hear more from Lynn, uh, you can check out slotkinletter.com on Twitter at slotkinletter or, of course, on CIUT 89.5 between 9 and 10 a.m. on Fridays. Uh, Steve, you can catch at gracingstage.ca or at gracingstage on Twitter. Um, he's unfortunately going to be on the road a bit, so it's going to be harder to find him in karaoke bars. So you might have to get <laughs> yeah. your ass to Barry to I'm, find. I'm uh, going to be pretty Steve. quiet on Twitter, but but uh, I'll, yeah, I'll be back in Toronto on the weekend, so we'll still be seeing. Fire. All right, excellent. Uh, and of course, I am at McGeeTD. You can find a bunch of my random writings at whathappened.ca. And uh, other than that, I hope you have an excellent week and have a good one.